Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is scientifically just like a black hole, because all it does is suck big. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead, turn it off, click. Yep, okay. Carrying on on this week's episode, I'm going to start a uh, a brand new series, and uh, I'm I'm not sure what exactly to call it yet, but it's going to be uh, three tobaccos that you must try if you haven't already, and uh, we'll go through the different uh, you know the, the different segments of pipe tobacco, but I'll give you three that you must try, and more on that in this in uh, pipe parts. And then my guest is a novice pipe smoker, Russ Weimer. So I got to talk to him, and you'll get to hear that. Uh, music by request, mailbag, and a uh, pipe smoking rave for us. A rave on the, uh, on the great pipe community. Uh, remember, if you are on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Uh, a five-star rating or re- and review would be nice, but not <laughs> necessary. Um, but five stars would be great. So if you get a chance, please go over to Apple Podcast, iTunes, or whatever the heck they're calling it this week, and leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, remember, continue sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show in all of your... Uh, pipe smoking groups wherever you are share it out there let people know that there's a podcast that yeah they can tolerate listening to and you'll learn more about uh, pipes and pipe smoking so keep doing that uh happy summer to everyone in the northern hemisphere yes summer is here and officially this week i opened up one of the two tins of mccraney's red ribbon that i will allow myself to smoke this year i save you know, I, again, in the mornings and uh, in the summertime, I smoke a straight Virginia and I limit myself to two tins of red ribbon per year. And I've got other Virginias that I mix in there, but I've got enough to last me for you know a few years if I do two tins per year. So opened up that tin uh, yeah, a couple days ago and I'm uh, enjoying my uh, mornings with red ribbon, shall we say. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here is the new segment, uh, The Three You Must Try. And here's the parameters for this segment, all right? These are tobaccos. First of all, uh, all three of them have to be readily available. So after I go through the three that are readily available, then I'll put in some honorable mentions of some that are currently not available and uh, or have availability issues. So... 
again, these I wanted to make sure that all three of the my my three choices for you are ones that you could, you know, go and get right now. All right, so they must be readily available. All three of them must be from different factories. So, yeah, again, I want to make sure that you get a chance to try and see what a different factory does in a different way. So, you know, you, you get a different exposure to what different factories do. And this is all so that you can, you know, kind of taste your way through stuff. Uh, we're going to start off with Virginia's and... Uh, and the reason we're starting off with Virginia's is because for me, they're the easiest to nail down three that are readily available, three that are from different factories and three that you must try. And I don't want you to, I want you to try all three from the different factories so that maybe you, maybe you like the way one factory handles a Virginia better than another factory. Okay. So again, it's, this is trying to make sure that you've had a good exposure to all three, you know, to different styles of tobaccos and from different manufacturers. Now in this one, they all happen to be flakes or crumble cakes because finding a Virginia, a straight Virginia that is a ready rubbed or rubbed out is a little difficult right now, especially knowing, you know, knowing what I know and wanting to make sure that you got just a straight Virginia. So we're starting off with Virginia's and the first one that I think everybody must try is Orlick Golden Sliced and don't you know if the don't let anybody tell you it's got perique in it because it doesn't uh, it may have just a touch of burly in it and don't tell anybody don't let anybody tell you that it's got flavoring added to it because it doesn't it does have a citrusy taste to it that I believe is a combination of the uh, uh, of something that they've added to it to help the flakes hold together and help keep moisture in. Uh, but again, Orlick Golden Slice is kind of the benchmark for Virginia Flakes right now. Uh, the second one is one that I like, and, and I like Orlick Golden Slice. I've got some here. So, in fact, all three of these are ones that I actually have here, and this is not going to work out all the time for us. So, sorry, but that's how it worked. Uh, the second one is from McBaron, the HH Pure Virginia. And I think it gives you a completely different style of how a Virginia tobacco is handled and processed versus the Orlick Golden Sliced. Uh, it, doesn't have, it, it doesn't have anything added to it. It doesn't have what some people might coin as the McBaron McBite. Uh, and again, it's just a good straight Virginia from a different style, uh, from a different manufacturer, processed in a slightly different way. Uh, the third one is going to be the oddest of them. It's the Sutliff Crumble Cake, and this is where I kind of, I wouldn't have, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, it, it's not what I would consider to be a traditional Virginia. It's got their red Virginias in it. It's got that vinegary stuff, you know, that vinegary taste to it, trying to go after some of the McClellan red Virginias. Uh, so it's not a quintessential Virginia, but it's readily available. Uh, and I do enjoy it. Uh, I think I've reviewed it in the past and go back and listen to those episodes or that episode where I reviewed it and talked about, you know, drying it down and how to pack it so that you don't get some of the small pieces up the stem. But it is readily available and it is from Sutliff. So that gives you a third completely different factory 
a, a third different style of handling of a Virginia. And it's got a completely different taste profile than Orlick Golden Sliced and the HH Pure Virginia. Now, uh, some honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, Samuel Galwith's, uh, you know, <laughs> Virginia Flakes or anything from Galwith would be uh, obvious to add to this. But we all know about the availability issues. And I really don't want you going after or trying to, you know, I don't want to put full Virginia Flake on the list if it's not readily available. I wanted, but it is something that you should try. It is a classic full-bodied Virginia. It is classic of the Samuel Goweth taste. And if you're considering a Virginia in that, you know, you really should try it. Uh, there's also from, from Callhouse and Cop, there are a handful of tobaccos. Uh, including the Robert McConnell lines, the uh, Solani and uh, Reiner product. Uh, there's uh, the Astley's lines, and those are all from Kohlhaus and Kopp, made in Germany. They'll all have a similar style to them, but the Robert McConnell Pure Virginia or the uh, Solani, I uh, forget the exact number that they do, but they do the Long Golden Flake. Uh, it may have a little bit of perique in it, if my uh, memory serves me right. But, again, you want to give Kohlhaus & Kopp, being a German manufacturer, you want to give them a little try and see what they come up with as far as a straight Virginia. Uh, the other honorable mention that I'll put out there that I like again, and this is, again, more in the Red Virginia realm, is when uh, Cornell & Deal does their Carolina Red Flake. Uh, if you can get your hands on some of that, give it a little bit of age, and uh, you're good to go with what I consider to be a good Virginia and a slightly different style, again, from a different manufacturer. So again, the goal here is to try to introduce you to a new segment of tobacco. You know, if you want to try Virginias, these are the three you should try. These are three complementary styles from three different factories, so you'll find out if you like the way a factory does stuff. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, I know this is going to be highly opinionated, but remember I'm the leading expert on my own opinion, and I've helped many, many, many pipe smokers go down the road of discovering where their, uh, you know, where their new sweet, you know, their sweet favorite blend is. For those of you that are very experienced, you know, this may be a time for you to go back and, I don't know, revisit some of these blends and see what you think of them. But there you go. Uh, we'll sprinkle these in. I'll do a Latakia blend. I'll do an Oriental forward blend, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get down the road with it. I'll do a light aromatic, a heavy aromatic. And I may turn around and do these all in bulk, too. So lots to cover. All right. In just a moment, Russ Weimer. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell & Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf. Each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. 
It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CND as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show with another seven questions for a novice pipe smoker. Yes, those that have just come into the brotherhood of the briar in the last couple of years and managed to survive those first few bowls. And joining us from the uh, from the great state of Ohio, the city of Toledo, home to one Maxwell Q. Klinger and uh, birthplace of Fred Hanna is uh, Russ Weimer. Russ, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks, Brian. So I pronounced your name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay, good. Uh, all right, so let, let's get to know you. Did you grow up in Toledo? I did, yes. Born and raised all my life. Took a small hiatus to Columbus for college. Uh, would that be at the Ohio State University? It is. Even though we didn't get the trademark, it is the Ohio State University. <laughs> and they are very, very uh, sensitive about that the thing. They are. Yeah, they got in a fight with uh, Ohio University. <laughs> yeah um all right so um uh did you i gotta ask this just because you know I'm, i was a mash fan and uh did you ever go to a mud hens game absolutely yes men uh probably 10 10 or 11 of them oh oh had to be great baseball in the great yeah, old old stadium and the new stadium if you're a MASH fan, Paco's is where it's at. Yeah, Paco's Hungarian, uh, what was it, Hungarian beef? Hungarian hot dogs. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm so ready to, yeah, I'm I'm so ready to travel, I want to go to Toledo. How's that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a short stop. Yeah. All right, so what did you, uh, what did you major in, in college? Was it uh, chasing girls and beer and pipe smoking? Well, that was a minor, I think. Okay. Uh, no, majored in uh, in business, operations, uh, operations management, and uh, transportation and logistics management. Ooh, and Ohio being right in the middle of the country. I mean, there's a lot of trucking that goes on through there. And trains. there is a lot, a lot of trucking and you know warehousing the whole the whole bit. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is that what you ended up doing with your life, or? Uh... Uh, in in a in a roundabout way, I am a uh, I am a journeyman machinist, and I am a part owner of a machine shop. We uh, we make you know custom machine machine parts, uh, typically CNC machined, um, to our customers' specifications. Wow! So when they find when they have a machine that breaks, and they can't order the part online, then you then you get to make it for them. Uh, yeah, we could do that. Uh, sometimes it can be repaired, um, or you know they'll send us prints for prototyping. Uh, you know we we want to make this new thing, and you know typically, uh, you know the shops that are really good at producing um, the end product at scale, they're not very good at prototyping. So we'll do a lot of the prototyping or short run um, type machining. So what's the weirdest thing you've had to make? Oh, um, 
weirdest thing we have made. We've done exercise equipment that can get kind of kind of interesting. Um, we've we've done. Um, oh, you know what it is? It is a we did a valve for cookie dough commercial cookie dough operations it was a food grade plastic valve for um for sectioning uh, cookies uh, wow. kosher cookies as it were i love it wait kosher cookies okay then that's even better so they're just 20 percent smaller uh, I, <laughs> right i'm kidding <laughs> yeah so i guess the cookies have to come out the same size and evenly so you need a thing to make them even right it was it, it's the metering valve for cookies yep i love it all right um when did uh, when did pipe smoking come into your life um well my my grandfather um always smoked a pipe when i was growing up um spent a lot of time over there summers and weekends he was always in the garage working on something tinkering or or <laughs> working and he smoked a pipe um my life, when I was in college, I decided I was going to make a pipe for my grandfather uh, for a Christmas present. So I, you know, I got the, the Pimo pipe craft book and um, a kit, and I decided that it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for me to make one of these if I didn't also smoke one. So I, uh, <laughs> I went over to Smoker's Haven in Columbus, yeah. which is since, uh, since shut down yeah. and I got a, uh, got a corn cob pipe, Missouri Meerschaum legend and, um, a pouch of, I don't even know what it was, but probably a, a lane, um, a lane blend bulk blend and went home and started carving on that, uh, that pipe blank carving on the pipe while puffing on your corn cob. Yep. That's exactly what it was. I love it. I love it. So, uh, did that pipe come out okay for your grandfather? You know, it did. Um, I so I have a bit of an eye for for detail, so it did. It turned it. It was it was a nice um, a nice billiard, straight billiard. Um, came out a little bit chunky through the uh, um, through the stem, but um, not not chunky, robust. Um, but it was a nice, nice pipe smoked good. He, he was, a, um, or he is, um, he's a fan of straight, straight, straight shank pipes. So, um, worked out, worked out well. Yeah. Now, do you know what his, uh, what his preferred tobacco was or is? So he always, um, so he's, he's since gone to cigars, but uh -oh. he, yeah, I know I, we, we lost him a little bit. Um, he smoked um, half and half, and I think when half and half kind of went out, that's the thing that turned him off. When when the when the formula changed, um, so he he was a half and half guy forever and ever and ever. Um, and then their formula changed. He went away from it, and he went to a uh, you know he went to one of the uh, you know B and M blend, and I don't I it they rename it up here. Yeah. Um, Port, Port Royal Majestic, but um, he he went to that, and I don't know which lane blend it is. Um, it's not one Q, I know that, um, but I'm trying to trying to figure out which one it is. He smoked that, and 
he still smokes it occasionally, but mostly he's smoking cigars now. Well, this message is for Russ's grandfather. If you need help finding a half and half thing, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. I'll help you find a, the closest match to half and half. How's that? The old half and half? Yeah. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try to get him back in the fold. Uh, there we go. Yeah. All right, so you so you had your corn cob and and then that was it. So we'll uh, we'll we'll start off with your questions. Are you ready? Sure. After that corn cob, when was the uh, what was the aha moment for you that said, "Okay, I understand this now, and I've gotten past the I'm burning my face off portion, and I like this." You know, there were a lot of there were a lot of little things along the way. Um, you know, it was first it was not packing the bowl too tightly um and then you know do less the pack less puff less tamp less um drying out aromatics because everybody starts with aromatics apparently yeah. uh, the big thing for me was when i finally uh put on my big boy pants and got away from the the bulk bends and the codger pouches and <laughs> i got i got two tins and one was uh, uh glp's piccadilly and the other one was a tin of uh, McBaron Seven Seas Royal, and that was that was that was it because the Piccadilly showed me that I could have um, a a good tasting, nuanced um, uh, pipe tobacco that didn't have flavor in it, um, no casing or anything, and then the Seven Seas was uh, great because it. It showed me that it could it could taste good and be a pleasant smoke and still have a, a room note that was pleasant for other people to be around. So it was kind of upgrading those tobaccos because you, you kind of had the skill, and I'm sure, did your grandfather help you with how to pack a pipe and how to smoke a pipe? He didn't. Um, you know, we know he's, he's given pointers, but nothing, no one-on-one. -on -one. We talk about it, but not not actively so no it was you know it was a lot of trial and error in youtube and facebook and the forums and you know all of that but it once i think when you have a basic knowledge when you have better tools which good tobaccos are part of a tool of pipe smoking um it just made it that much it it made it easier yeah. a good a good more expensive tobacco is is more pleasant to smoke but it's easier to smoke yeah that is a, uh, I mean, it makes perfect sense, and that is also a perfect spot for us to take a break. We'll come back with more with Russ in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. back on the pipes magazine radio show visiting with a uh, fairly novice but now experienced and somewhat experienced but expert tobacco russ weimer russ you ready for your next question sure am 
Uh, what tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like? Borkum Riff Bourbon. <laughs> a, a tobacconist, in quotes, at a cigar shop primarily said, oh, Borkum Riff Bourbon. And it, it wasn't. It just it didn't taste good. It tasted like a cigarette, and it smelled like a cigarette, and it, I, I, I didn't care for that. Not one bit. No, uh, um, no sweet bourbon taste in tobacco, huh? <laughs> no, not particularly. Um, not, not, not particularly. And you know, I did. My grandfather said, "Oh, I'll try some half and half." I tried that, and you know, it 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 doesn't taste great, but the room does smell like it used to when I was little. <laughs> so, so with the Borkum Riff, did you kind of try to work through the whole pouch of it, or did you just after a bowl or two just uh, forget it? I didn't. I filed thirteen. It, it <laughs> the, there, there's more to life. <laughs> more to life than uh, fighting with a tobacco. Absolutely. All right. Your next question is: How has your preference in pipes changed over time? You know, bent, straight, large, small, expensive, cheap. So, um, you know, starting with the the Missouri Meerschaum, uh, the legend, the number one, I'm sure cob they have that's the one that I've, I've i started with and i've since bought more um i do like that because i'm usually working or doing something with my hands and i don't have to worry about them getting getting beat up and it's a it's got a slight bend nothing crazy um my my nice my, my, my one of my nicer pipes my probably my favorite i have a, a rossi 8673 um and they you know they call it a bulldog but the stem is kind of rounded and but it it kind of looks like a quarter bent author so i like i like the bend it smokes well and that's you know i if it was straight or a full bend or a quarter i don't care if it smokes well um not really going after a look um i have not explored uh large bowl pipes um just not something i've done yet um but the one thing I would say is I tend towards a more rusticated pipe because I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, the smooth ones feel like you got to, you know, keep them polished so they look beautiful and everything. But I just I want a simple pipe that I can that I can smoke and enjoy and not worry about. Set down on the arm of a chair next to you and not have to worry about scratching it or if it falls off, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you could be running that machine shop, you know, sitting over a CNC machine and have it drop into the machine. Right. Well, if it fell into the coolant, that might be a bad one. But, um, you know, yeah, no, you, you can set it down on a table and if it gets bumped a little. So I'm, I don't, you know, I typically don't buy expensive pipes for that reason. Yeah. All right. Your next question is, uh, what was your Holy Grail pipe when you started smoking a pipe? And then what is it now? When I first got into it, I really, um, I really liked the look of a uh, Peterson uh, Sherlock Holmes series, uh, the Watson, the XL17. Just a, you know, big class, you know, deep bend. It had a classic look to it, in my mind. With you know, but um, but now, not you know, it's changed a little. I have two pipes. One of them is probably sooner rather than later, and the other one maybe a little later. I want a, uh, I want a Peterson pub pipe. The new, newer ones, 
with a rusticated or or a sandblast finish. It's heavy, but I think I might still be able to clench it just because of that bend. And then the other is I, I want a Bill Shalosky. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really want to do a uh, a commission with him. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got an idea for a shape that's a little bit different than some he does, but I think his style would really really be neat with it. Yeah. So I'm li- and those are, I mean, those are kind of different styles that you're talking about, like the Peterson pub pipe and then, and then something that Bill would make. Well, y- they are. Um, the pub pipe is a system pipe and I, I want to, you know, I want to try it because I like to, I want to try the different things and, and see what, what makes sense, you know, down the road. It's not a passing hobby. That's it. And there's also a reason for having pipes of different occasion, too. Right. All right. Your next question is, what are a few of your favorite guests from past episodes and why? So I really like the uh, the pipe pipe entrepreneurs, if you will, the, the pipe makers and tobacconists, and retailers. Those episodes get me going um, more than the collectors. The collectors, their journeys are neat and, you know, they tend to have their their special niches, but the guys that are in the business kind of really, really do me. Um, I like, uh, I like the episode with Mike couch, mm-hmm. his, uh, his insight into the, uh, crossover between, uh, pipes and his, uh, his faith. I thought that was, uh, really, really a nice, nice episode. I really liked that. Um, John David Cole, yeah. Um, I, I like seeing, uh, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak. And, you know, he kind of, your episode brought out more of his personal differences between how he runs a shop, but then what he does in his personal life with pipes. And you don't always see that when, uh, you know, when he's doing a, a podcast Yeah. and, you know, um, the other, um, was, the, uh, Bill Shalosky. Um, so he, you know, I think, I met him at a time, you know, it was, it was interesting to hear his backstory because he went into, you know, doing the clay pipes in college and all that. And, um, he was still there at the, uh, at Smokers Haven in Columbus. And he actually helped me finish the stem on my grandfather's pipe. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I was going to, yeah, went in, I was going to ask yeah. if you survived, if you survived dealing with Bill face to face at the Smokers Haven. Oh yeah. He's the nicest guy. He was doing, you know, he was doing pipe repairs and, um, he was making his pipes and then he was doing, uh, he had a smokers Haven uh, line that he was working on. And so he, he was very involved, but I went in and he showed me a couple things earlier on. And, um, then when it came to the, to getting, getting that tenon right and everything, he, he helped me with that and helped me polish it up. It was really, really just, and that's one of the reasons I want him to do a, a commission with, um, but just, you know, he, he really was working hard at it and it was, it was, it was neat to see someone really make a career of, um, craftsmanship at that level with so much visibility to a retail setting. Yeah. And he really is, he, he really is a sweet guy. He just has a kind of a gruff appearance sometimes. Oh no, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. Well, and that, and so you need to have him. You need to commission a pipe with him because that would kind of bring it full circle for you. It would, yes. 
Yeah, the, the simplest version, of the pipe he helped me with was probably about the simplest pipe he ever did after those clays. <laughs> well, maybe not. The clays are kind of difficult because you got to form them still uh, and, right. and keep the air hole open while you're making them. Uh, all right, your next question is, what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? You know, I like to smoke outside, um, sitting on sitting on a porch swing in the backyard, while the kids are running around playing uh, with my wife, I'm lucky she doesn't she doesn't mind you know sitting right there next to me. Um, she doesn't even care if it's an English or an aromatic. I can you know doesn't matter whether it's Perique or she doesn't care. So it's I just it's nice to relax like that. Yeah. Do you have an indoor smoking spot for the Ohio winters? Well. Um, I'm fortunate in that I, I can smoke in my office at work. Um, so yes. Yeah. Just don't tell anybody. Yeah. Just don't tell the state. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No one from the state of Ohio. Listen, please. Thank you. <laughs> sure. I think it's a private club in here. I'm not positive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a member fee. Um, it's, you know, lack, it's killing brain cells. That's the cost for coming on the, you know, listening to the show. Uh, right. All right, your question for me. You get to ask me anything you want to know. So, being younger in the hobby, I am wondering if you have a um, specific, um, maybe not specific, but is there a, a trend or something that's that's starting to wane or you're seeing it wane with the younger guys or even a style that um, maybe we should try now um, because if there isn't demand for it now, you know, maybe we won't have that opportunity in the future. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's, I, I don't want to sound doomy and gloomy, but I've, this is a topic that has kind of come up before, and especially when I was on Country Squire Radio filling in for John David when he had his first child. Mm-hmm. Um, pipe shapes and pipe styles come and go. Uh, you, know, tr- you know, things become trendy and then they're not. Uh, you know, the, the, the slightly bent poker, I think, is you know somewhat trendy, and then it's kind of fallen off. Um my real concern for the future of pipes and tobaccos are in, in three things. Um, Perique and Latakia being two of those three, because those are such small productions. And what happens if the volumes drop down so low that it's just not interesting for the farmers or for the processors to make them anymore. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm afraid that we will lose those those condiments down the road. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm afraid of, and this goes back to your uh, McBaron Royal, uh, the Seven Seas Royal. Yeah. Uh, in the European Union and a couple other countries, you can't have any descriptive flavors on tobacco. So. And, and they've even gone so far as in the uh, uh, in some in some countries you can't you, the flavor can't be so per, so prominent that you can open it up and smell it. 
Um, in some parts of the U.S., there are cities that have banned all flavored cigarettes, and in banning those, they've banned flavored tobaccos. So pipe tobacco gets beat up in that, where you know you can no longer have you know the old-fashioned cherry blend, or you know you can't have anything that is descriptively flavored. So right. I mean that those are my those are my three real heavy concerns going forward is that we're going to lose some important condiments to the pipe smoking world because of lack of interest from the manufacturers or suppliers or growers or however you want to do it. Um, you know, the island of Cyprus right now where most of the Latakia is processed, a lot of it's grown in very volatile regions, so you know, who knows what could happen to that. Uh, the, the little island country of Cyprus could say, you know what, we're not we're not being known for tobacco anymore, so you can't do that here. Stop it. Yeah, and then what? And then what happens? Um, yeah, the same thing in in uh, Louisiana in the St. James Parish, where the Perique has been grown and processed for years. Uh, those farmers, you know, if they can't make X amount of money off of it they're going to switch to something that they, that they can make money off of. So, I mean, that's really, those are my biggest concerns. Um, and then the availability of places to smoke because you, you're a partner in your own business and you can't smoke in your own office by state law. Uh, right. Yeah. So there's your doom and gloom report. Did I cheer you up? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, there are some, uh, there are some cities and municipalities where if you share a wall, uh, if you have a, a joined wall domicile, better known as like a condo or an apartment, you can't smoke inside your own place because it joins the wall of someone else's residence. Wow. So... You know, million dollar New York apartment, and you got to walk outside and stand in the middle of the road to smoke because you can't smoke on the sidewalks because that's public area, or you can't smoke within 150 feet of an entrance or whatever, you know, whatever crazy rule they have there that week. So, um, yeah, doom and gloom. Thank you. Um, hope, hope everybody is still, uh, still with us now. <laughs> uh, so, Russ, are you ready for your uh, your fast five final questions? No right answer, no wrong answer? Sure. Here they come. Uh, what is your favorite pipe? Um, my my grandfather gave me a uh, Newt freehand. Mm-hmm. Just a big, beautiful, deep, bent pipe, and it's... It's a, it's a really pretty pipe. And the funny part about it is he never liked smoking it, but, um, you know, it's really pretty and it's one he gave me. So I, I really like it. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sure you'll keep it forever. I will. And, and then pass it on to the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite tobacco? You know, my, my go-to, um, ever since has been that McBaron seven seas Royal. I, it's just always consistent. There you go. Stock up on it. I'm not saying anything. Um, what is your favorite drink? Uh, coffee with heavy cream in it. Wait a second. You like chocolate? You like coffee milk? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And the when you mean heavy cream, are you using the cream cream or cough or milk? Whipping cream. Oh good. Heavy Lord. whipping cream. Oh yeah. Ooh. That almost sounds it's better. Uh, yeah. It's better for you. Yeah, well, except for those of us that are lactose intolerant, but it still sounds good. Mm. All right, you win. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, movies, mostly documentaries. Any particular subjects? Uh, history. I like war documentaries, um, you know, World War One, World War Two, and Vietnam. I love love those genres. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you see Band of Brothers in the Pacific? Oh, yes. Okay. Wonderfully done. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, all right. And final question. Do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? You know, um, I think in, in reflection, um, you know, it's, if it's not my grandfather smoking half and half in his garage, the way you would point at it, um, making that pipe for him, it was, um, you know, a time in my life where it was nice to just sit and think about things and reflect. And it was almost as much a gift to myself as it was to him. Yeah. And I know it's something that, yeah, listen, if any of my future grandchildren, which aren't alive right now, but if any of them are listening, you guys can make me a pipe anytime you want and I'll love it dearly. So I can, I can completely understand that. Yeah. Russ, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. It's been, it's been great to chat with you. And uh, one of these days I'm coming to Toledo. We'll go to a mud hens game and then we'll go to Paco's or, or vice versa. Hey, that sounds wonderful. Brian, look me up. Yep. And we'll wear dresses. So that way we can all be clingers. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks again. Hey, thanks, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe. Just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, now I'm hungry for uh, Paco's Hungarian beef and baseball at summertime. And Yeah, anyway. All right, so for music, I got an uh, email from uh, Jay Freedy who writes, uh, Hey, Brian, I had a music idea for your podcast. Haven't heard anything recently from J.S. Bach, better known as Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, fun fact, he is actually my great, 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 great grandfather. 
We have our family lineage hanging on a plaque in the hallway. Uh, as a musician from a family of musicians, we've always been pretty proud of that. But I didn't learn until just a few years back that he was also a pipe smoker. Even better, well done, Grandpa Bach. He would obviously be my pipe smoker of choice to smoke a bowl with. Yeah, so that'd be fun. Uh, as far as specific music, the Brandenburg Concertos have always been my favorite of his works. Thanks for consistently creating such great content each week. I look forward to each Wednesday morning so I can listen to the latest episode. Keep up the good work, Brian. Jim. Uh, well, the fastest way to get music on here is to suck up to me nicely with a wonderful letter like that. And being related to Bach, well, guess what we get? Uh, so this one is, uh, I believe it's movement number two from the uh, Brandenburg, uh, yeah, the Bach Brandenburg Concerto number two in F major.
not much you can say about Bach except, you know, the guy was good. And, uh, you know, I'm maybe, maybe slightly, slightly maybe becoming a, a bit of a strings guy. Yeah, nah, I still still like the still like the winds, though. I'm still more of a more of a good winds guy than a strings guy. Message from the dark side there is. And remember, if you have a comment or suggestion, you can email them to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you are the uh, distant cousin of a, a great musician, send that in. Or the uh, third great-great-great-grandfather of uh, somebody else, send that in. Uh, if you are in any way related to Harry Connick Jr., let me know. Just send that in. Just kidding. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. And this email from uh, Rabbi Ira comes in, says, Hi, Brian, I've been meaning to write for weeks. I wanted to let you know that as much as I enjoyed the seven experts, and I did, I enjoyed even more the seven newbies. It was fascinating to listen to all the different ways they tumbled into the world of pipes and tobaccos and how fast and far down the rabbit hole they have fallen. Their freshness and enthusiasm was contagious. These interviews also showcased your skill as an interviewer, particularly because so many of their answers were surprising. Well done. Kudos, Ira. Well, thank you very much, Rabbi. I appreciate that. Uh, we've got... Uh, Boy, I think I've got eight or ten more uh, newbies, and I'm gonna again. We're gonna sprinkle them in as we go, and uh, just keep having fun with them because I really do enjoy them. Uh, going back to uh, two weeks ago, uh, let's see. Uh, Jim writes, "I've been pleasantly surprised by this new smoker series on the show. I took up a pipe in the early '80s, but because of job requirements, health insurance issues, parental pressures, location—have you ever tried to get pipe tobacco in Delta Junction, Alaska, pre-internet? <laughs> Don't even know where Delta Junction, Alaska is. Uh, it was on—it was an on-again, off-again part of my life. When my son became a pipe smoker a few years ago, I finally began to take pipe smoking seriously. What I've discovered is that while I am demographically an old codger smoker, I have far more in common with these new smokers you are interviewing than I do with lifetime pipe smokers. <laughs> Jim, and, uh, Jim lives in uh, Sioux City, Nebraska, so he must be the pipe smoker there. <laughs> but I do like the I like these older guys that are, uh, you know, it, age is age is a number, and uh, years of experience is a number, and sometimes they don't always match up. Uh, Stuart writes, great show, Brian. Mr. Sanchez sure did hold up his end of the interview. What a fun conversation you two had. I'm a longtime listener and continue to enjoy the show and your delivery. Your show is something that I look forward to weekly. Thanks for, uh, thanks tons for keeping it going. Well, you're welcome. We'll keep it going. And then going back to last week's show with the two Canadians with Michael and uh, Nate, uh, Dino writes, great show, Brian. I love the interplay between old Mike and Nate, the kid. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Hope Nate, hope Michael hears that old Michael, uh, and a terrific idea for a collaboration on what are beautiful pipes. Summer is always the time for Bob Marley. So it's nice to start a few days early. Uh, my prayers are with you, with you, uh, with you and your family as your other little bird spreads her wings off, uh, independence, fly well and safe Samantha. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. And uh, as we uh, record this, she got to uh, L.A. Uh, a day ago. So she's there and now exploring with her mother, uh, 
holding her hand, exploring Los Angeles traffic. Uh, let's see. DCR Guns writes, Love my Commonwealth pipe. A Canadian with a Cumberland stem. Glad they are doing the hard work to get these done. Thanks to Maxim, Les, Michael, and Nate. Yeah. And uh, Flaz, F-L-A-Z, says, uh, oh, Adrian, says, Brian, an excellent program that I have only just recently found. I tend to listen whilst I'm gardening here in Oxford, UK, and it's a great companion as I'm busy working away. Uh, Oxford, UK is the uh, birthplace of my, uh, of, of the only child that I have living with me anymore, my little mini. She was made right there in Oxford, so just down the road from you. Anyway, he goes on to write, I love the style of the interviews and general banter along the way. I'm following the advice to listen to the latest and then go back to old episodes. I've smoked a pipe since I was 18, so a few decades. It never ceases to fascinate me how we all have different tastes and one man's grail blend is another's tongue bite inferno. Always something new to learn, so thanks for doing the show. Regards, Adrian. Well, you're welcome, Adrian. And uh, if you ever get to, if you're ever motoring by the mini factory, give them a wave for me. Uh, New Broom says, so later on we learn probably maybe that a lot of Dunhill pipes were out of St. Claude and inspected for completion in Great Britain, England by Les Woods. I don't know. Maybe. Never know. Uh, Michael Parks at one point suggested that that was his role in completing these legendary found stumbles. I guess the actual source of these is not determinable. Try as Brian might. <laughs> nice stems on them. Nice blasting too. There you go. And Neil K says, it's been a while. My phone was not organizing the shows like it used to, but the latest episode seems to have made it more manageable. I binged like six shows on a work road trip, so my comments are a mashup. And here we go. Uh, I've really enjoyed the Ask the Experts as well as the Newbies intertwined. A full range of experience and ideas. The Newbies were all interesting. I mean, they are pipe smokers. What do you expect? Uh, I'm not great with names. The 23-year-old teacher was interesting and an old-timer for sure. Uh, an old-timer for sure. Uh, I like that one of his most liked guests was Steve Brown. Although that interview is not a great pipe interview, I have a lot of respect for Steve. Uh, the episode with John David was nice and <laughs> kept somewhat on track. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Uh, my answers uh, for smoking with someone in the past is C.S. Lewis. I was glad to hear that the up-and-coming Doctor of Pipes, bourbon-guzzling, Bible-thumping Texan also chose him. <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Brian, what do we call you now? Reverend Rabbi, or does Doctor still trump those? <laughs> Congratulations. It's nice to catch up. Uh, glad you and Kevin are keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, we are. Uh, let's see. Doctor, uh, Doctor Reverend Pont... Uh, Doctor... Uh, yeah, uh, his most holy moly, the Dr. Reverend Pontiff of Pipes. How's that sound? I don't know. No. <laughs> Just call me Brian. It's easier. Uh, Neil said also, P.S. for the music, you uh, you should play John David Coe's song. Uh, you, can't ha you can't have to call. You don't have to call me darling, darling, maybe. <laughs> like I said, I'm not good with names. And uh, Casey Go says, a decent show with a good review of Capstan Blue. I'm sure Nate Rose is a fine carver and worthy of being a guest on the show. I would advise him to get his money up front before Park springs a new policy on him. 
Okay. There's Dan for you. Uh, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page right there on the pipesmagazine.com. If you have a uh, Ask the Pipe Maker question for uh, Jeff Graysick, shoot that over to me as well. And in just a moment, a uh, pipe smoking rave time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Thank you, pipe smoking community, because on uh, two occasions this month, yeah, two occasions, uh, you pipe smoking community made um, made things that were, you know, just kind of boring or uh, work related fun. And here's how you did it. All right. Uh, earlier this month, when we were driving down to Florida, we were traveling down I-95, just crossed the Georgia line, and noticed that I-95 was shut down, and there was a two-hour delay to get around an accident that was just south of Savannah, Georgia. So we pulled over to the rest area, took some time, and then I reached out to Russ Hicks and said, Russ, what are you doing? He said, I'm at work. I said, how about getting out of work early and coming and hanging out with me? So we, uh, my family and Russ's family, we spent uh, two and a half hours at a Cracker Barrel. Of course, yeah, Russ and I, last hour and a half of it, sitting outside the Cracker Barrel on the front porch in the rocking chair, smoking our pipes. And what a way to spend a traffic slowdown, all thanks to the pipe community, hanging out with Russ at a Cracker Barrel, watching the little lizards and all the people and stuff and enjoying our pipes. So traffic shut down, find a friend. Also last week, uh, and I posted some pictures on Instagram and Facebook, I had to go up to Winston-Salem, up to that area, and I know Dan Locklair lives up there, so I was able to call him and set it up where, you know what, I spent the afternoon with Dan, just the two of us sitting smoking, and uh, I got to hear him perform on piano some of his music, which was just awesome. So the pipe smoking community is a way for me to make really good times out of things that would be normally mundane and it's all because you know i know so many people and then have this community out here that i can reach out to and say hey let's get together for a pipe and in these two cases made uh, great days out of them both so thank you pipe community and uh, thank you to russ and dan all right again comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com Thank you very much to uh, Russ for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Ooh.
clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. I said hole, H-O-L-E, black hole.